Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back talking about Christmas carols. Unfortunately, Pastor Phil is not with us today. And I have to say, I just I miss him um, just because he is just a wealth of information about both things profound and, and things just... And trivial. And not profound. <laughs> Tur- turtles on the uh, fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you guys did when I was gone, like just mercilessly make fun of me? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we repented of it. Eventually. <laughs> kind of. Um, I, I, I think Phil probably has forgotten more than I've ever even known. Mm. Um, so I, I do miss him when he's done. It's not the a studio. hard threshold, though. No, it really wasn't. I mean... <laughs> For other people, that would have been a compliment. But. All right, so um, we've. I have to actually listen. I wonder about our listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why do they keep listening? I mean, if we're talking about intelligence, we make, we make their lives. We make them feel better about themselves. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which is, I think, my role in life. So we are talking about the the rich theology. Um, that is in many of the Christmas carols that we sing. Um, it was lamented on the last show how in Hark the Herald Angels sing the latter verses that are that are so tremendously theologically rich ha- have been are missing in, in many people's hymnals. And I would say, uh, I mean, just as a as a marker for our listeners, if you want to know why maybe that's the case, uh, go to Reformation Boise. And click on uh, a couple of the sessions from our last conference, uh, specifically Robert Godfrey's first session where he talks about um, the reason why uh, evangelicals today um, worship differently than they did 100 years ago. And he actually gets to some root causes in, in terms of why we why we sing and experience the worship um, service differently than we used to. So j- just put that in your back pocket. So, but today we're talking about, um, Oh, come all you faithful. Oh, come all you faithful. That's right. So, and we're not actually going to look at every uh, stanza, but we're going to uh, take stanza number two. And so Jonathan, I think it's your turn to sing it. Uh, if, right. <laughs> <laughs> Deep gulp. Um <laughs> Well, stanza two. Uh, Would you want we're, we're Josh very, and I to hum I, in the yeah, background? Yeah, please do. <laughs> Can you do the doo-wop? And then <laughs> so, so um, many of us are familiar with those first line, the first line of, Oh, come all you faithful. But the stanza two is, God of God, light of light, lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. Very God, begotten, not created. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Mm. And uh, and this and this opening line, this, this stanza, really is reflecting on actually probably um, taking up something from the Nicene Creed. Uh, the Nicene Creed, uh, uh, one of the early uh, 
ecumenical creeds of the church, uh, one that uh, you know we would hold with Catholics and um, any evangelical, uh, which which uh, takes us through this. Um, speaks in terms of God of God, light of light, very God of very God. And this is uh, what we have here in uh, this song. So you, 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 can I ask a question? I wanna, I'm back. I want to direct things yep. now, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, the, uh, you, the listener knows that we talked about Josh's controlling tendencies when right. he wasn't here. And I was getting therapy. Did, I, and it didn't take. So, and, um, and this is just evidence of what we, we talked about. Wink, wink. So... <laughs> You, you like history. Okay? Yeah, I do. So um, what debate is this engaging in here? So this first line, God of God, light of light. Yeah, Jonathan mentioned the Nicene Creed. Um, what was happening? So we have three historic creeds that the church holds to, the church universal, the, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasius Creed. And, and really what all three of them are Trinitarian, and all three of them, as they progress, you see these debates that were were raging within the the church deal with the three persons, how they relate to one another, how they're distinguished but are are unified. And then another debate is about the two natures of Jesus Christ, that he's very God and very man, that he's truly God, truly man, however, either way you want to say that. And so some people um, would err commit the error that they would only talk about Jesus Christ as God, as divine, or some others would go the other direction and only talk about his humanity and not hold in, in, in this unity of that he is at the very same time truly God and truly man. And this hymn, I mean, this is incredible that they're taking this historic debate about the two natures of Jesus Christ and are pulling a lot of this stanza right out of the Nicene Creed. Um, Jonathan read a little bit of it. It says, but if you read a little bit more, it says, in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, which this talks about, Begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of lights, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. I mean, three times in the Nicene Creed, the phrase comes out, begotten. Mm -hmm. And then at one point it says, begotten, not made. Now listen again to, O come all you faithful. God of God, light of light, right out of the Nicene Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. That's actually later on in the Nicene. Very God, straight out of the, the Nicene. Begotten, not created. Straight out of the Nicene Creed. Mm -hmm. So you have a Christmas carol that is mm -hmm. actually telling us what the Nicene Creed says about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, that's pretty profound theology in a carol. It's 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 entertaining, you know, in one sense when we talk about uh, Nicaea, uh, because uh, this is a time when uh, Arius was teaching. You know, he was a, a theologian from Egypt. He was teaching that Jesus the Son was not equal to God the Father, and uh, as he would debate this, you know, um, maybe it's apocrypha, maybe it's true, but uh, Saint Nicholas was there. You know, we we. You know, at Christmas time, we're thinking about Saint Nicholas, and apparently, um, Saint Nicholas was said to have um, decked Arius over this debate. You know, the the denial. I, like of, punched him. 
Like punched him. Yes. Wait, is is this like? Are we? Did we shift Christmas carols now to deck the halls? (laughs) Yeah, deck the halls. No, deck the area. What just happened here? I wasn't paying attention. Deck the heretic is really what we're talking about. But but actually, um, so. I mean, this was a serious. This was a serious matter to deny the divinity of Christ. Yeah, um, was a serious matter, which um, which wasn't. This is one of the reasons why that council that was, was called, why it was called. To, to, re, to refute the heresy. And and there were many people that had come to uh, Nicaea who had suffered persecution. They were crippled. There were people who were blinded because they were persecuted um, for their faith, for belief in. Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and very God of very God. And yeah. so they're coming there uh, uh, to this council to debate that matter and to settle that and to define what is true orthodoxy and what is what is false. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say that this is not an easy concept to wrap your mind around, how Jesus Christ is at the same time truly God and truly man. But at the same time, how Jesus Christ has always from eternally or from eternity past been the eternal son of God. Mm-hmm. He was begotten, not made. That there was never a time when Jesus Christ was not, and there was never a time when Jesus Christ was not the son of God. Um, it's the eternal generation of the son. And so one of the mistakes made is that with the birth of Jesus Christ in the manger, that that is when he became the son, or that that's when he was begotten. No, we believe in the, the uh, eternal generation of the son, mm-hmm. that he always in that, was in that relationship with the father. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, Jonathan and I have been at meetings of our church denomination where we've had candidates that struggled to articulate that particular concept of the eternal generation of the Son and how that relationship was. And quite honestly, we've had an experience where somebody was actually promoting a heretical view on the floor of our our church meeting where afterwards people had to take him aside and say, wait, I think you're confused. I think you need to to go back and study on that relationship between the three persons of the Trinity mm-hmm. and kind of come back in line. And quite honestly, if he had sung, Oh, come all you faithful stanza two, he would have been better off right. than the answers he was, he was given. Yeah. And we do understand that this is a great mystery. Oh, you for know, sure. the fact, in fact, uh, you know, first Timothy three sixteen says, great indeed we confess is this mystery, you know, that, uh, Speaking of Christ, he was manifest in the flesh. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. There is a there is a mystery that surrounds this that we uh, don't understand. But what has been revealed is is for us, and that and that is a reminder that he is God. And and this was the great debate, you know, back then. You know, Arius was teaching that there was a time when the sun was not. Yeah. And uh, you know we we oftentimes sing the what's called the Gloria Patri as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. It's a reminder that you know Christ was and is and always has been a true God. You know the Heidelberg Catechism and the larger Catechism both ask the question: Why was it necessary that Jesus? 
uh, is true God? Why is it necessary that Jesus is fully man? And so I 100% agree that the incarnation is the greatest you know, mystery, maybe only second to the Trinity. Um, but if if we go at it through the angle of the gospel, we can we can understand why this is a necessary truth, right? Mm-hmm. So why did Jesus have to become um, true man? Why why was it necessary for him to become true man? Well, uh, because he actually had to substitute for us. Um, mm-hmm. He had to to become a man to fulfill the law where Adam failed. Right. The, the Heidelberg, uh, in its Lord's Day 6, answers those two questions. Why must he be very man and also perfectly righteous? Because the justice of God required that the same human nature which has sin should likewise make satisfaction for sin. And the one who is himself a sinner cannot satisfy for others. Right. And, one, and that's the truth of like uh, Genesis, uh, well, sorry, Psalm 49-ish, where it says one man cannot ransom for the other because the price is too high. So that then is the other side of the coin. Why right. did Jesus have to be why must truly he, God? Why must he in one person also be very God? That he might, by the power of his Godhead, sustain in his human nature the burden of God's wrath and might obtain for and restore to us righteousness and life. And and who is this mediator? Who is the one person, both very God and real righteous man? Our Lord Jesus Christ, who God, God, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's right. So when you are singing uh, this song, O Come All You Faithful, uh, brother, sister, call your Call your mind's attention to that second stanza. God of God, light of light, lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. Very God, begotten, not created. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. We hope that you have enjoyed these programs on the Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of them, uh, just go to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and type in The Gospel for Life, and we will see you next time. 